Thank you for choosing the Authentic Wellness Podcast. I appreciate your time and attention. I invite you to listen with an open mind and a softened heart. No one has the same lived experience. Listening is the first step in our journey to understanding. So let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Authentic Wellness Podcast. I am Sophia Antoine, your host. And with me today, I have Mara Ingram Zamora. She is a massage therapist, among other fantastic things. She just told me she has too many passions. And you know what? There's no such thing. So Mara, I am going to let you introduce yourself and as many or as little of your passions as you so choose. And we can just talk about it all. Oh, well, I think passion is the great way to go with that. I was leaning towards Kim passion, but, you know, okay. I think that my compassion leads me towards my passion. So that's good. <laughs> awesome. So how did you get started in, let's start with the massage therapy and then we'll just bounce around to wherever you want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, actually, when I was about eight years old, um, my stepdad really, really was in a lot of pain. And he had been in a motorcycle accident prior to being with my mother. And, um, you know, he was in a lot of pain from this accident that he had had all these years ago. And my mom just could not give him the relief. She's had weak wrists for a really long time. And so I was like, you know, I'll try. And, you know, I was the only person that could last as long as he needed and give him the pressure he needed. Then my grandpa, who... um, when he was 22 was struck by a, a drunk driver. He's been crippled his whole life, or he was crippled his whole life. Um, he would also pay me a few dollars to rub his legs. Now he wanted that very sweet, that soft kind of compassion uh, touch. And so that was something that I had just done on both sides of my family. And I just knew I was good at it. So it was always my plan B. When I met my husband, I told him that, you know, this was an option for me. Um, But I didn't really see that it was something that I wanted to pursue because I didn't feel like um, I, I wanted something more intellectually challenging. Then I hit about 25, you know, being a young mother. And I was like, you know, I think it's time for plan B because plan A didn't work. And, um, then I got into school and I realized, no, actually, you, it is a lot of work to be a massage therapist, a very intellectually challenging, and I enjoyed it so much. But more than anything, how I enjoyed the process of the compassion that I learned in school. So I, when I went into uh, school, it was strictly for monetary purposes. I wanted to make a living and support my family. And that was it. Uh, Our teacher had us wrote, write a letter to ourselves. And the letter was, you know, just telling me about how, you know, this was going to be because I was making this sacrifice for the family. And, you know, we were going to do well with this afterwards. The last day of school, we read it. And I was just in tears because I had gained so much more from that experience than I had ever even imagined. Um, I really fell in love with massage there. Um, I was just very blessed that I had a natural ability and they paired it with good knowledge. But more than that, it was the people I shared the space with. It was the teachers that I had. I mean, it, it, I was 25. So that's also around the time prefrontal cortex develops. 
but it was like, I just became my own person. And that was like the biggest thing that I got from that. It's amazing how that happens for you to start so young and then you thinking this was your plan B when it actually ended up being the thing that really propelled you into being who you were supposed to be. Yes, yes. I wanted and, to be a and lawyer. that's amazing. <laughs> I started out wanting to be a lawyer. And I think now if I had gotten my wish, I would be miserable. Absolutely, like, I think so. I love the person I am now. And uh, you know, I don't think that I would have been able to to like come into my life with the ease that I have now if I had pursued that career. I mean, one, because it's a very stressful and taxing um, type of career. And then, you know, it costs a lot of money as well. And so I'm very, very fortunate that my plan A didn't work out. Yeah. And, and you know, I started off wanting to be a lawyer as well. And <laughs> by the grace of God, it, it didn't happen for me while I still have lawyer capabilities, because I can research like a beast, I definitely can talk. So that just made it so I can be successful in other ways. Exactly. Yeah. So, well, I, I am glad. A reason why you were, you know, pulled to it. I think about that as well. My family on my dad's side, um, my mom and dad were separated since I, before I was even one. And they lived in separate states for most of my life. So it was a, you know, when I wasn't with one, I was far away from the other one. Mm -hmm. um, and my dad's side of the family is a little bit more uh, sarcastic and snippy and, you know, witty, but also um, a lot of, among a lot of other things. Uh, but they, they were that, that argumentative family. Like, you know, you argued your point, you, uh, you know, like, let people see your your side of things and um, you have to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. Those That was their mentality. And um, my mom really didn't have a lot of those like rules in place for me. She was just more like, I love you all the time. Just be a good kid. You know, that's kind of how she yeah. was. And um, so as, as we go on in our lives, we realize that you know, the things that our parents did that we didn't like at the time actually was a lot of the blessings. You know, if I hadn't come into the life that I did with my uh, mom and my dad, I wouldn't have been able to, you know, develop who I am. And a lot of that is because of them, the good or the bad, you know? Absolutely. So I just love the way that you were able to help your, your stepfather and you were able to help your grandfather. Now, when you're working with clients, how do you find yourself helping them? I, okay, so I am a specifically a deep tissue therapist. And the way that I work is um, I explain to the client that they are in pain just existing in their body. And so when I touch them, it is going to hurt. They, they you know, I will never go past their point. They have to tell me, you know, like, this is where I'm done. I can't handle any more at this because it does hurt a lot mm -hmm. when you're in chronic pain and someone's touching it, it hurts. Um, and because I chose to stay in Arcadia and work in Arcadia, um, we're a small town and we're working people. And so I really wanted to work on the working people because that's what my stepdad was. Um, 
you know, a hard, hard worker. That's why he was always in pain. You know, he never had a relief. And so I could have went to Sarasota and, and made more money, but I wanted to work on the working class people of Arcadia. And those are people that can't come in a bunch of times. Those are people who can't afford to come in a bunch of times. So I want to get the best results with the most, you know, like as much as they can handle. And I am very thorough with them about, you know, like you tell me when this is too much. We can also move away and come back, but we can come back. And the process is, is that when there's a chronic uh, issue is usually fascia. For some reason, scar tissue has developed there, you know, depending on what the habits are. So I go through a really thorough intake on why they're having this issue, where it came from, what range of motion issues they're having. And then I explain to them what's going to happen is I'm going to break up this fascial adhesions and what's going to, it's going to be very tender and hurt. But, um, you know, if you experience any fluidity in the movements, then that's a good indication then in the next two or three days that you're going to feel quite a bit better after the tenderness and the swelling go down. Because once you break up that fascial adhesions, it has to go somewhere. And what happened, it's like a therapeutic inflammation. And so now it has to go through your filtration system of your body. It has to figure out if it wants to repurpose it or if it wants to dispel it. And um, water always, you know, moves that process along faster, but not necessarily, you know, it was one of my pet peeves when people say to move out the toxins. I, I get it. It's a, it's a really easy way to explain it to your clients, but I think most therapists themselves don't understand what they're actually saying. It's not toxin or not toxins. It's all things that your body makes and can decide whether it wants to keep or it wants to dispel. So that's good to know because Every time I've gotten a massage, it's like, oh, just drink water. You'll feel better later. And so now it makes more sense for me. So thank you for that, because that was enlightening. Well, but, I think most therapists don't know that. So, oh, wow. OK, <laughs> so that's what they're told. And they're, they're really just parroting, parroting. Yeah, unfortunately, there is a little bit of that. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. I mean, and you don't know what you don't know. So it's not to put anybody down. No, 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 no. Right. You, you just don't know what you don't know. And everybody is out here just trying to make a living. And, you know, it happens. No, that's one of my favorite things to do is befriend the local massage therapists in town and kind of gauge where they're at and see like if they need some help with some stuff or they just want to conversate about the the practice in general and so I love to share whatever I know and I love to see the insights that other people have as well um so yeah it's definitely not a, a judging of any sort uh, on that at all absolutely um so now what else are you passionate about what else do you do throughout the course of your life in, in helping our community and helping the people, because like you, I have a passion for working people and people who really can't afford the services that are out there for the bigger cities. Yeah, actually, um, right now, I would say that my biggest passion is, I want to say self-development only because the things that I learned that helped me mm. and like, on my spirituality are the things that I give other people. So even learning compassion has been such a big one because I share my compassion with others and I like almost give them like this, like, it's okay that this happened. It's okay, you know, 
I'll get people all the time who will say, um, oh, I'm so sorry that I was five minutes late. And I'll say to them, my rule, my number one rule for compassion is, is that if you could uh, see forgiving someone else for it, then don't be upset with yourself for it. Right. Because that's, that aligns with your morals. If your morals are, um, you know, that it's okay to be five minutes late because your child wanted your attention, then that's your morals and you did the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was because you literally, you know, didn't care that you were going to be late and had nonchalant. Well, I mean, that's, if that's your morals, then go on your morals. Um, but the way I look at it is if I was late, I would want them to have the same compassion for me because there's a lot of times where my three-year-old wants my attention. And I know that it's more important than being five minutes late for work, because although this is my passion and I am a professional, she is my number one thing, you know, our number ones. And I'm so fortunate that I have really, really great clients that would never, ever be upset with something like that. But that's what I tell them, you know, because they'll come in all like, you know, I'm so beating themselves up for being five, 10 minutes late. And I'm like, you know, I understand you, but you can't beat yourself up over it and think about what you're doing. You're getting very stressed out right before your massage. Mm. We, you know, you can't, you know, please don't ever do this to yourself because on my account, that will never be the case. If, if the worst case scenario, I had someone right after you, we'd just cut your session 10 minutes early. But even if they get there, you know, and, and I have the time that the client's not coming in next, I still give them the full hour because that's, I, I love what I do. This is really not like a job the same way that um, going and working in fast food or going and working in the healthcare industry for me was one of my least favorite things ever. <laughs> um, so it's one of those things that... Um, you know, like, I'm very, very happy to be here. I'm just as happy to be here massaging you as you are getting a massage. And then my other rule for compassion that I love to, like, give other people is if this was your children going through this and being so harsh on themselves, you know, what would you say to them? Right. If you would say what you're saying to them, one, you know, like, maybe that's something that they would say, but most people don't. Most people are super hard and judgmental on themselves. And, you know, not to say that I'm not like that, but I'm practicing these things to be better at that. And then trying to walk the walk now with all the knowledge that I have and being this person who has compassion for themselves. And, you know, so that I try to share that with people. And there's so many times where that's like never even crossed a person's mind. Like you should talk to yourself the way you talk to your children, the way the advice that you would give your children that's the advice you give yourself so it maybe it's like rest or something you know for so many times it's just people can't even fathom being good to themselves it's so sad and and you're right I mean and you're a life coach's dream because when I first started my practice it was solely in the realm of self-talk self-care and self-esteem because you'd be surprised at how many people don't even say kind things to themselves but they are trying to encourage other people and you cannot pour from an empty cup. I mean, that's so cliche now these days, but it's true. How can you give away everything that you would want someone else to have, but you won't give it to yourself? Well, I actually had an epiphany on this in the shower yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) And I think what it is, is like, 
imagine all the people that we give that to already. Mm-hmm. So like I have a really great coworker and she's awesome. And, you know, of course she doesn't see how awesome she is all the time. And, you know, you have really great friends and people that in your life that, you know, they don't believe how awesome they are. And so you try to give them those words of encouragement and those things. And then you look at yourself and you're like, oh no, you know, that like doesn't apply to me or whatever. Like, but really I know who I am. And that's what it is, is you know all your deepest, darkest secrets. You know all those times that you didn't do the right thing. Mm -hmm. You know all those times that you let your own morals down and you're, you know, so like you see all of those things in you and those things right there are the things like why you can't believe that you deserve that. And I've gotten to the point where I do a lot of shadow work and shadow work is like a more spiritual thing, but it's in the sense of you are you a hundred percent of you and the parts of you that are light and that you acknowledge and are good of yourself and that you've accepted are a certain percent. And then there's a percentage of yourself that you have either for safety reasons, you know, like growing up, you Mm -hmm. might have to put this part of you into the shadow and not be able to see it. And then, you know, maybe you also were very critical of how you would, you know, present it at this moment. And you put that into the shadow and that's still there. It still comes out. It just, you aren't aware that it comes out. You weren't cognitively aware when you're in this state of, of your being. And so shadow work makes you reflect on it kind of forgive it, accept it with, um, you know, like as a whole and what it is and with no judgment. And now that I've been able to do a lot of that, uh, a lot of that, I can actually forgive myself and be compassionate towards myself on the things that I had the most struggles with in life. And so now that I've done that, now I'm really seeing the impact that I have on my words and like being, Cause it's walking the walk now before it was just saying things that I knew were yeah. true. And now it's doing the things that I say <laughs> to everyone else. <laughs> so for lack of a better term, you're in alignment. I, yeah. More and more every day. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a process. Working. Yes, ma'am. It's a process. And, and that's good because we need more of that. Um, as you said, we, we live in a small town, so everybody knows everybody and on top of that, everybody knows everybody else's business. <laughs> so it is just amazing to finally get into alignment. And as many of us that can and do, it'll make where we live a better place. Yes, that was actually one of the things that I have like grappled with is why I chose to, to really root down in Arcadia. Um, my mom lived here, obviously, um, but And my husband, born and raised, doesn't like to leave, nothing like that. But, you know, I felt a strong pull towards Sarasota. But that was because I had that community in in school that I really loved. Um, I like the Ponte Gorda area. But why we decided to really stick down in Arcadia is because, you know, like, I know that my brain is a little bit different and offers perspective for people and the people that I love to offer perspective for the most are the people who live in this town because it's almost like they've never conceptualized it the way that I see it and um, I know that I have some neurodivergency um, you know I I believe I have ADHD um, but I am one of those people that I really like to look at every option 
and you know like say oh you know you could do this this is not something that you have to cut it off most people they'll go down one path and you know they'll make that their whole thing and then not even realize that you know halfway down that path they're not happy right I every path and like you know oh we can take a detour here and we can come back to this I mean for all the hyper focus that I have through my ADHD you know a lot of people kind of see that as a um a downfall because you usually put in a lot of money to whatever your hyper focus projects are mine Mm -hmm. is I go down the rabbit hole of like um knowledge so I got really big into personality types like the Myers-Briggs personality type right I got really big into medicinal mushrooms. <laughs> I mm-hmm. mean, why? Um, and then like right now, my current one is child development because my daughter is three and I'm wanting to spend more time with her and like really build upon that. And gentle parenting is something that I'm uh, really big into right now as well. So I'm still learning these things. So I have not, um, and the thing is that it's so vast. There's so much information out there. There's so many different ways to do it and scenarios to play out. So it's like one of those things that it's going to be an ever going thing. But going back to the fact that I have all these different hyper-focused things, I can pull from that anytime I want. The Myers-Briggs, when I got into the personality types, I had taken the test and thought it was very, very accurate for myself. And then I wanted my husband to take it. And after we got his peg down right, I just dove in deep learning his type because it really helped my marriage. I seen where we didn't think different or where we thought differently about things and how like his perspective of stuff, uh, the type of personality type that he is, um, they're not big on saying like, I love you in all these other ways. It's almost like their own set of love language through this personality type. Mm -hmm. And so it was really comforting to like see, oh, well, this is how they exhibit love. And, you know, it's not the same way you do, like the way that I do. My personality is like, I hold space for everyone. Like I allow everyone to be who they are. And that's part of what being an INFP is about, which is the, you know, Myers-Briggs personality thing that I got. Um, then I did it for my dad. I had my dad test and that was actually probably the most healthy I perspective of this man I ever got. (laughs) Um, and I realized why we really bump, you know, butt heads a lot because he's very much about, um, accuracy and things being said exactly the right way, almost like the lawyer personality that we were kind of talking about. Right. And, um, I'm more feeling like I go on feeling it's, it's a hard personality type because it's a one that we don't have a lot of reason why we feel the way we do. We just know that the feeling we have, we have to trust. So, and then that's another thing is like all these information things that I learn about myself I realized that I have to trust my instincts a lot more. And the more I lean into that and the more things I get into and just know and test out into the world, I get better results. So like my instincts are developing much better because of all the knowledge that I bring in. <clears throat> Absolutely. And it, it helps you to act not from a place of fear, but a place of confidence in who you are and the things that you're doing. 
Yes, exactly. Um, and the good thing is, is that I try not to remember every aspect of the things that I'm learning. I kind of take what I, uh, what is working right now for me, and then I revisit the information. So um, I revisited the, the personality types um, right before I was going to have this meeting with my dad that I had, hadn't seen him for 17 years to kind of remember like, okay, this is the way that things operate for him. And then, you know, like, then I rewatched it a little bit myself. And the thing is, is that you learn new things every time because your level of knowledge of where you come at is now different and you've implemented it a little bit into the world. So like that little bit of detail that you didn't really notice before is there. And so that's kind of like how I do it is I know where the resources are. I can come back to them and revisit them. So I don't have to remember everything like the person's name and this and that. Mostly why I share stuff to my Facebook page is so that I can find it again. <laughs> right. <laughs> for someone else, it's just like, okay, I really like this woman. I like what she's saying here. You're never going to remember her name. You know that already. Mm -hmm. Share this. If anybody else likes it, that's great. But share this because you're getting this from me. You know, so yeah, that's, that's why my Facebook feed's usually full of stuff like that. <laughs> well, that's awesome. And I see you also um, sell jewelry. And I think it's so beautiful. I, I actually pegged a few pieces that I need to go back and purchase. So how did you get into that? Well, it first started with, okay, the entrepreneurship that I decided to do. My dad's side of the family were entrepreneurs. And so that was something that in my life, seeing that was a very good blessing. Um, and my son was grow is growing up and he's 14 now. And I could just tell he's not going to be a nine to five kid. Okay. He doesn't have it in him, but he sold chocolates one year. Well, one year, uh, I think it was first grade got top seller and then every year after that top seller top seller top seller this oh, he was nice. a good salesman <laughs> he worked it out every time and so I realized that he had this like this entrepreneur type personality how can I show him what this looks like in life and so that's why I decided to to pursue selling crystals and then just recently got into being a purpose partner for origami owl or thank goodness is the the brand um, and so it was to be the example to my son and then also pay for my habit because I like crystal so much, <laughs> you know, it's not to be this like big enterprise. It was more to pay for my addiction and like show him like what this looks like in the world. And it works because now my son has his passion and he's, uh, he re he resells shoes. Science sounds kind of weird because it's like a whole thing. If you know that industry, you know what it's like, but what he does is he buys the shoes and then he resells them. And then you think that that's kind of weird, but that's what they do in that, that, that lane. Um, so he, he really knows the stuff. He knows what's dropping. He knows all the information. And so when he buys new shoes, usually it's at 10 o'clock in the morning, he's at school. He has full permission to go to the bathroom him go on his phone and purchase his shoes because it's you know that 10 minutes that it's going to take him to do that I definitely believe is more purposeful in his life than the 10 minutes he's going to sit in class okay. I mean I, I don't know if you have any kids in, in DeSoto County but there's a lot of a lot of um, 
lacking in resources mm-hmm. and a lot lacking in, in passion for the teachers and everything like that. And so he's never enjoyed school. He's never thought, oh, this was going to be the thing that's really going to make an impact in my life. You know, this is where, what's going to set me up for the future. No, but his passion for, uh, you know, his entrepreneurship, that is going to definitely set him up for that. So he, he has permission to take 10 minutes when a shoe is going to drop to go to the bathroom and, you know, purchase the shoe online. That's in, and he's using his own money. He's, you know, like he's really good at this and um, he, it's teaching him how to save for things that are coming up. I'm super excited about this for him. And that was literally because I chose to do this with the crystals. I wanted, I knew that this was what it was that I had to show that for him. So it's not as much of a passion anymore because it served its purpose. And now it's more about, you know, the other thing that I like about the crystals is I like getting them out to the people that I think need them. And so if I have the freedom to also give away things because I like to, I just want to see this like person own this thing, um, then I can do that as well. And I uh, am very, very happy about that as well. And you know, that's, that speaks to your compassionate nature because you're able to recognize things within other people that will make their lives better. Even if they can't foresee doing it for themselves, you see it and you hold space and and open that door for them to realize that, hey, I can do it too. So that's building their self-esteem. That's building their courage. So absolutely, it, it makes sense. And it's much needed, especially here. Because as much as it, it's great to live in a small town, um, there's not a lot of understanding of the other people that probably live here beside you. It's it's still really segregated in, in yes. our small town. Yes. And it just shows that, you know what, you're human and you're allowing this to flourish. And hopefully it catches on. I, I hope it catches fire because um, I left here with the, I, I was born and raised here. Then I oh. left for about 17 years and then I came back and sad to say kind of sort of it's the same town that I left yeah we're in a little time bubble where has entered but not a lot of new ideas have entered right so as much as we've progressed we've not so we have so much to to um so much work to do so much work left to do and I am so glad to have found you because you're one of those people I've listened to your podcast and I'm like, oh, I say that all the time. Um, so I'm like, yes, there's someone out there that is so much, you know, doing good in the world. And um, she, she's a neighbor, you know, that was that was a really cool thing finding you because usually my podcast, the people that I listen to are all over the world, you know, thank goodness mm-hmm. for the internet like that. Um, such a wonderful tool to be able to be connected to all these grand ideas, but to know that it's so close to me, that was like the reason why I was so excited. I'm like, yes, I, and that's why I asked you if you wanted to meet in person, because I know energy flows so much differently yes. when two people are in front of each other. And, but I already knew that, you know, we would, we would click instantly just because listening to the things that you value and how you see things, I knew you were my person, you know, like you were, you were a person that I would really enjoy. (laughs) 
Okay. I mean, and, and we're not counting out that in person. It was just a little bit last minute and to get no, all no, the no. stuff, but we will, we will, even <laughs> if it's just like for coffee or something somewhere. Um, but it's amazing that to know that there are people in town that really have ideas that are bigger than just the sound. Yes. Because it was definitely hard. It was hard and it was easy to move back. The reason I moved back to Arcadia because my, my dad was ill. Um, he had cancer and six months Aww. to the day of my family moving here, um, he passed away. And we were then faced with the decision, do we want to move back to the city? Because I was in Fort Lauderdale. Nothing closes in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. <laughs> so this being a sundown town, when the sun sets, everything else does too. So mm -hmm. it's like, you know, but we decided to stay because one thing I feel like life coaching services are definitely needed, needed here because it's less costly than therapy, although therapy is very important. Yes, um, yes. It, 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 it's kind of a jump start to that. And yeah. your life coach and your therapist can work in tandem to, to work through your issues as well as my, my doula services. Because so many, there's not a, an OBGYN in town. There's not birth classes in town. Just somebody to be there with you to say, your, the way you want to birth your child is valid. If you, have the, um, if you have dreams of a home water birth, I'm here for you to make that happen. If you want to deliver in a hospital, I'm here for you to make that happen. So just different things that Arcadia hasn't thought of doing Yes. I, I wanted to see it here. Yeah. Um, and it's because it wasn't ever offered before. We had right. no one would even expand on that. So, you know, your contribution to Arcadia is going to be a bigger ripple than you know. And me and my husband, he's a very fascinating person, doesn't like to talk a lot. It's like he drops nuggets of knowledge and then, you know, you just have to go and contemplate. And runs it. away. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, you know, you always want to see the ripple and mm -hmm. how the, the effect goes. This is, but what's happening is every time you're doing that, you're throwing more stones and you can't see where the ripple's actually hitting. The, the translation is getting lost because of all the stones you're trying to throw into the pond. This is drop the stone, let the stone hit and ripple wherever it goes. And that's what you did. You have to move on from that. You can't want to see the progress. You yes. can't want it. You have to just drop what you have and then move on to the next thing. And that's how you become the most effective. Yes. And so that's one of the things that I've been doing lately. And, you know, whether it works, it works. <laughs> right. And it's got, the ripples are going to reach the people they're supposed to. And you have to trust that. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I shared just recently on Facebook is um, a story about what my son does when he goes to the store. He will go to the missing uh person section and he will look at the the photos and he will see if he recognizes any of them and and I've contemplated this so many times I'm like who does this I don't even do this and like I do it now because of him of course right but I don't every time sometimes I'm very overwhelmed but who does this this is such an amazing thing even if you're walking right past the bathroom or come out of the bathroom you know maybe you're walking to the bathroom you got to go but you're coming out of the bathroom because that's where they are you don't look at it Mm -hmm. And I, well, you know, if I share this story, they'll see that, you know, he's been doing this since he was young, probably around eight, um, that if a child can have this awareness of that, then we can definitely have that awareness. And to think that if that story just being shared 
affects anyone's life one time. One time someone looks at a wanted poster, I mean, a missing child's poster, and they find the kid, that literally stemmed from my son. It's just mm-hmm. that story came from that, you know? And so I don't have to see that happen. I just know that, you know, it's a positive thing that needs to be out there into the world. And, you know, that's where I have to be at this point is like, just put out the positivity, whatever comes back to you is going to come back to you. Um, you know, you, I keep wanting to see the results of my positivity yeah. and no, you, why? It's like a, a little bit of an ego boost, you know, like, no, I don't, I don't actually need that. I just want to see more of the things that I like, um, I value in the world more. Absolutely. Well, definitely that, that makes sense. And that really touched me that he does that because on every podcast page, on every episode I have at the bottom, a missing person. I didn't even realize that. Yes. yes. At the, like at the bottom of your page, there will be a missing person, a missing, and it's, it's, it touched me because people even if you go someone goes to the page where your podcast is going to be your episode is going to be and they scroll down it's like hey I saw this person it may not be everyone all over the world may not go look at it or listen to it but for the people who do and you happen to say hey I know somebody that looks like that and they reach out with the contact information I'm like yes this works you give me goosebumps (laughs) that is special I you know I knew just by listening to your podcast that that you were this a very special person and I really love to collect special people like I like to have like them um you know that I can call back to you know because the thing is is that we need more of that type of mentality in the world and the more times you share that story just even you know saying that Yes, you've put it down at the bottom of your thing, but the next time someone hears this, they're going to say, oh yeah, let's look for the next one. Exactly. You know? And so that's that's such a great thing. I'm so glad that you do that. That's beautiful. Um, and you know, you think about if that was your child, you would hope and pray that someone would take a minute out of their day to see if they recognize your child. Yeah. You know, so you have to like also think about like how that one little thing if we were in that situation we would hope that everyone would try to look I mean because it's so bad um I watched a comedian talk about how when the amber alerts come on their first instinct is to turn it off and never look at the thing because of the sound how loud it is and he's like I could be standing next to the kidnapper and asking how do I turn the settings off of this oh wow yeah well I mean it was a comedian so yeah yeah part in this but um (laughs) it just does kind of show you I was in a room full of women and women are, you know, huge with compassion in general. And I watched every single person turn off their phone and yes, that's what you do. You turn it off, but I didn't see anyone go back to look to see what the child looked like. And this is a no judgment. I understand why this is happening. Um, But I looked at the child and then looked back on the information later um and I let everybody know they found the child and everybody was like oh I'm so glad they found it but they had no clue what the child had even looked like and that was so like heartbreaking to me because you know gosh I would never want to be in that situation but if I was ever in that situation I would hope that someone would look at the the picture you know absolutely 
Absolutely. So as we wrap up, I would like to first extend an invitation to your son to be on because I'd love to interview him. Oh my goodness, I love that. <laughs> yeah, so definitely um, the same process you went through, go ahead and, and walk him through it. I'd love to interview him because I think he has such a wonderful story and he's such a, a lovely young man for doing the things that he does just getting out and just taking care of himself and, and learning the things that are important in life. And I totally agree with you. Not every kid is set up to, um, one, to like school, to, to excel in school, but he's learning a lot of things that are going to serve him in adulthood that we don't really learn in school. Yes. So most <laughs> definitely he's, he's welcome to come on and where can people find you, contact you if they would like to take advantage of your services? no matter what it is. Um, I'm on Facebook and the way that um, I'm on Facebook or the way that I do my online booking is uh, if you were to message me, I would send you a link for my online booking. I no longer book in person mm -hmm. um, except for at the end of my uh, sessions. Um, I don't do over the phone anymore because uh, I know where my weaknesses are and my weaknesses were um, when a client would message me and I would be at home and whatever reason, my daughter's this or my daughter's that and cooking, I would not get back to my clients and I would feel really bad about that. Right. And so this option now with the online booking, they see what's available for them and they see what works for them and what the options are. Because a lot of time it's a lot of back and forth. Oh, well, that day is not good for me. Mm -hmm. And then you wait in between. And I was the worst at replying to people. <laughs> So I knew that that was not fair to my client. So I just make it a rule that I only do online booking. Um, and that's, you can find that through Facebook or even um, Summer Day Spa can uh, get the number. Um, that's where I currently work out of. But um, yeah, and then I do vendor events for the crystals. So I'll be downtown um, doing the crystals for the six months of the year that they do the main street events. Um, and yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing right now. There's more to come for sure. <laughs> Perfect. Well, it was a pleasure having you and learning all about you and your compassionate businesses, because we definitely need that here. So you are in the right place at the right time. And we're just thankful for that. Well, I am very much thankful for you as well. And I was so excited for this, but we definitely do need to, uh, to get get together and you know share that energy as well absolutely